three minutes left. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Saffo Podcast. Coming to you live from Jack Dempsey's Bar, 36 West Let's 33rd Street. Dempsey, <laughs> I'm attempting to overcome my depression after last night's Kentucky loss. I wasn't even going to leave my house. Cry but baby. Cry yes, baby. but I couldn't pass up Bitch. an opportunity to interview an absolute, well, wise ass now, but boxing legend. <laughs> Welcome to the show, the iconic boxer. Yeah, gentlemen, hey. Jerry Cooney. What's up, Jerry? That, I don't know about iconic, but I had a lot of fun. Let me yeah. tell you something. The I man who had a good, good ride. Days. You know, I had a great life, and I'm, 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 I'm still on the ride. Well, you're on the ride because let's talk sports right away. You're sitting courtside every MSG game. Well, I see you at the Nick game. What. Tell me about that. Because how are you sitting? How are you sitting courtside every game? I tell you what. You know, um, the Garden is the greatest place in the world, and I, I thought I had a lot of fights here in the amateurs and the pros. I'm knocking out Kenny Norton in 54 seconds, and the first round was unbelievable in the Garden. And uh, I remember a guy told me, he said, when you knock this guy, he said, I want you to reach out and touch those people. I thought, what is this guy talking about, right? When I knocked him out, I got chills on my shoulders here, saying it now. I could feel all those people that night. And uh, so anyway, I, I had a, there was a big roundtable press conference. And uh, it was Frazier, Holmes, Lennox Lewis, Joe uh, uh, Ortiz, and Vito Defermo. And there was like 350 press, and nobody was talking. So I was breaking everybody's balls. <laughs> So the president stood up and said, hey, Cooney, you just became a VIP. I don't know what that meant, but all right, all right. You know, that means I can go to the garden. I've got great people there, great friends. And uh, I go to any game I want to. And they're the, they're the, it's like family. You know, a lot of people, when I used to fight in the amateurs, they still work there. So I get to see them. It's like, it's like a family affair. You know, it's really unbelievable. Because you're a diehard Knicks fan, too. I'm a Knicks fan, a Ranger fan. You know, I love all the concerts. You know. Well, let's get to the Knicks. Who are we going to draft? The Kentucky kid, Fox. Let's get a Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky guy. You called me a crybaby. You know but I don't know what they have to do, but... Oh, they got to do a lot. That's what we got to do. the best place in the world. And, and uh, they really got to come together. I mean, they had a lot of problems here a couple months ago. And, you know, Phil Jackson, you know, he, he's supposed to be running the team. He's doing nothing. I mean, you got to do something. You got to get He's not even at the tournament scouting. He's not even scouting for us. He's killing us. I know he's, he's got some injuries. Some, he's hurt some veins. But you got to do something. You know, change it. Change it. Put New York back on the map again. Let me ask you a boxing question. Is boxing... Not right now, not right now. Not right now. Let's not talk boxing. Boxing a lonely sport? Boxing is a great sport. You know, it, you know, boxing is... I was a kid that grew up. I played football a little bit, but I was never... From my background, I was a, by my, I had to take care of myself. Uh, growing up in an Irish Catholic family, my father was a big drinker, and we learned to have to, not to trust anybody and to take care of yourself. Boxing fed me. You know, I, I remember the first year I... Won the middleweight championship. I was 16. I was boxing for six months. I was 6'4", 160 pounds. And I had seven fights, five knockouts. And, uh, you know, I, it, was, it fed me because it fed my anger. And they put my picture in the paper. So it made me somebody. You're happy when you pitch in the paper. As a kid. Because I, I, I was shut up as a kid in my household. So boxing helped me express my anger. And then I was on the back page of the Daily News almost every week. So it made me somebody. It made me feel important. And that's what kept me in the game. That's amazing. But when I say like lonely, it's like boxing. Forget about team sport. My team lost last night. You saw the guys consoling each other. When you lose in the ring, it's just you in a few minutes. Is it lonely or no? Uh, you gotta, you gotta. First of all, you hope you don't do it too often. Lose, like mm -hmm. you said, bitch. <laughs> and the other part, you, you know, you got a great trainer. You got, you got great people in the corner. You got sparring partners. And, so you know, like a family. It's a, big, it's, a, it's a big thing. But when the bell rings, the good part about it is I don't have to depend on anybody else. I gotta look out for myself. Yeah, I should have been a boxer. Look at me. I could have been a boxer with my size yeah, and physique. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. 
My you got big- a gun, right? Thank God you got a gun. <laughs> my biggest gripe about boxing, I'm not a UFC fan. I don't like the UFC. I don't no, like. It's a little too brutal. Yeah, I actually don't like watching people get beat up. My biggest gripe on boxing, and I'm going to have to ask you this question, is that you want to see a big fight, and it takes a year, 18 months to happen. So when I did my research on you this morning, I actually looked it up. You knocked out Ken Norton, first round, but then you didn't fight for another year. So why? And I don't know why. So I, I actually, this isn't like a set of questions. Like, why'd you problem. wait a year? What happened to me is that Don King owned every heavyweight except for me. Okay. So he kept me out of the picture. He didn't want me to, to gain the, 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 uh, uh, the um, by having a lot of fights. I should have been fighting three or four times a year. I was fighting once a year. Because he didn't want me to get the experience. So then when I fought Holmes, because I was independent from anything he and had. Because he was a home, Holmes guy. Right. And so I didn't get a chance to fight a lot of the guys I should have fought on the way up that would have given me the experience. So that being said, I didn't get the experience. I made the money. And looking back now, all those guys that I wanted to fight, that I, I should have fought, <coughs> they're not doing so well today, unfortunately. Yeah. And so maybe God looked out for me. It's funny because your name res. I think you know this already by being at the garden. Your name resonates when you say Jerry Cooney. Everyone I spoke to was like, "Are you? What time are you interviewing him? Three? Uh, Fuck! We want to come. Everybody wanted to come. Uh, that's great. But people actually have jobs, and three thirty they work. But so when you fought Norton, I read somewhere you said that after that you knew your life, like your life was going downhill. Were you just partying afterwards? No, that, that, you know, at that night, I could have beat anybody in the world. The night you beat Ken Norton. When I fought Kenny Norton. I would have beat anybody in the world. And that time. Uh, I think that that upbringing that, uh, you know, uh, you're not good enough, you, you're not going to amount to anything, came back to me. And I don't know if it was the stress of being that guy or whatever it was. I started drinking that night. And that was the night, looking back now, my career ended. I wish I had somebody to grab me by the arm and say, Cooney, come on, let's, let's pay attention here. This is the heavyweight championship of the world. Unfortunately, I didn't. And I remember watching Jerry Quarry coming up thinking, well, Jerry, you got to cut this out, man. What are you doing? You're drinking like a fish. You got to stop it. And not realizing he was, you know, pretty sick guy. I don't know if you know Jerry yeah, Quarry. And then I and then I got it myself without even in a second. I didn't realize it. And then I had to wait for fights. There's no fights. It's on. It's off. You know, they played me out. Well, it makes sense because you beat Norton. Then you wait 13 months. It, yeah. You don't train for 13 months. No, I was, you know, <clears throat> you know, everybody wanted a piece of Jerry Cooney at that time. So I was traveling around the world, having fun, and <clears throat> you know, and waiting. You know, I tore my rotator cuff. Training for the fight was originally supposed to be in March, but I told my the Holmes fight training right, and so uh, they postponed it till June. And you know, basically, you know, it's what happened happened. You know I know I mean? you're known for the Holmes fight. That was one of the biggest pay per view or buy what do you fights. Keep bringing his name up. Well, like every one more time. <laughs> well, you guys are buddies now, aren't you guys buddies? Yeah, I know, friend. I know. We're good friends. I'm just kidding. Going into the fight, did you know how big of a fight? I know they made it the whole you know, you know, great white hope. Did you know when you walked in that ring? Did you know? Holy shit! This is something. Fucking huge. No, you know what was really some of the, the first time in my life, I didn't, wasn't nervous, didn't have any butterflies. All I, I was so angry at that guy, I want to just hit him with a shot. And uh, that was the first time in my career that ever happened to me. And, you know, it was, uh, all that racism and, you know, it was a lot of nonsense that was going on. There was hate mail, it was mm-hmm. Ku Plus Klan, it was crazy. And so, uh, but that being said, we're in the center of the ring that day. Mills Lane has given us instructions, and Holmes looks at me and says, "Let's have a good fight." So that was all washed away. Then you know what I mean? Maybe no. Maybe I'm gonna get into the boxing game and get that. You know, I think you guys can do it, right? You saw my punching skills. No, no. <laughs> You're oh, doing radio no. now on Sirius. You loving doing it? I'm, I'm serious. No. <laughs> 
That was such a dad joke. My wife is so bored when I say that too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, I happened about, I don't know, 10 years ago, I went in to do an interview there about an upcoming fight. And I told the president, I said, you know, sometime when they got a big fight coming up, I said, I'll get Holmes, we'll come in and we'll break down a fight. He said, who cares about Holmes? What about you? Can you start next Monday? And it's been an experience. I, mean, I was never in radio, but they told me now that I have a radio face. <laughs> like you, like you, like you. You know what? I always hear you on Opie Radio. Oh, he's the greatest. The oh, guy. No, he, I love those guys. Unbelievable. You punch. Who'd you punch? Who'd you hit? You hit. Oh, you you know. hit two they, guys. They, it was they, awesome. But you come on that show. You just you take over the show. No, you tell I don't. great stories. Yes, you do. In. You, you do they great call stories. Me and we talk about the upcoming fights, and it's it's uh, it's a great time. It's a great show. Listen, serious. XM is, is really best thing the in the world. Thing in the world. Now you are uh, obviously you want to still got a lot of boxing get fans. A contract. Yeah, of course you should. Serious is so great. Let's give him more money. You do uh, a a lot You're of serious, right? You're yeah, serious? <laughs> you love that joke. A lot of uh, athletes itself. They don't watch a sport when they don't. You watch a lot of football players. They don't watch you afterwards. A lot of boxers don't, but you're still fully invested. Well, you, you love know, listen, boxing. There's a period of time in all sports when you time to turn the page and get out. You realize the game is not what you thought it was. It's a vicious, you know, snake, you know, eat snake, you know, <clears throat> viciousness. Mm -hmm. And they, they eat you up and they spit you out. And then the next guy comes along. And that's so for a while, when you get out of the game, you're so disheartened by the game. And then you have to just kind of, you know, make peace with it, turn the page, and get moving. And understand it was a great part of my life. I had a lot of great times. Did I make a lot of mistakes? Yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. But I survived it. I saved my money. I have a great family. I'm on the radio talking about boxing, the greatest sport in the world. And, and I, I never followed it before. Now I follow it. And it's, uh, it's very exciting that boxing today is deep with talent in all the weight classes. I mean, heavyweights are coming back. Light heavyweights is phenomenal. Well, thank God the heavyweights are finally coming back. Do you think the Klitschko's were good or bad for boxing? Because they were a little. Bo I like that they're winning, but they were a little boring. I think that that at that time, Don King raped and robbed the heavyweights so bad <laughs> that a lot of guys that would have become heavyweights went to football, basketball, and baseball. So the Klitschko's were fighting a bunch of cruiserweights, blowing up cruiserweights. So there's no really a, to fight them. So uh, they were dominant, but they never got a chance to really fight. There was never Ray Robinson, Jake LaMotta. There was never Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, you know, that kind of thing. And so they're never going to be really acknowledged. Just like Roy Jones as a middleweight was a super middleweight, the greatest thing in the world. But he never got to fight the guy. That guys, marquee fight. Challenge him. You know, he was so good. Well, the biggest Klitschko one was probably the Lennox Lewis fight when he cut his eye. Remember, his eye was split open. Klitschko with the Lennox, Lennox Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, that was like the biggest one. But were they good? Because, like, they're bo they win, they're technical. They were good. Kind of Vitaly had a lot more guts. Uh-huh. Uh, Vladimir had, had more talent, so, but they were both, you know, they were dominant. They, were, they, were, they did a great job for years. Because I don't think they would have done as well in my era. No, why not? You know, it is what it, because they, they had tougher guys, M more will, more fight in them, more, you know, when you, I was telling the guy today, when you got to get to the body, you got to get to the body. You can't wait outside like like Triple G did this weekend. No, that's He's like sparring a guy, walking around. That's ordinary fighter, a, 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 a world class fighter. Finds the way in, takes a shot, but gets the way inside and bangs the body, breaks the rib, and changes the expression. You know, you saw Triple G when he fought Curtis Stevens and a lot of those guys prior to the Danny Jacobs fight. After five or six rounds, they had to look in there like, oh man, what am I doing here? When's this over? When's it's like, when's this ending right now? And then Danny Jacobs, which could have fought much better, I thought, he was like kind of slapping punches. And and uh, once he got over the, 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 um, a triple G name, 
he started to fight back and he, he did good. I was very excited for him. I was there right there in the second. When I fight, I row. fight. I hit a lot in the body. That's kind of my moves. I'm a big body fighter. Oh, I can't wait to see it, bro. You, you'll see. No, you, you'll, I'll, I'll spar. You me, bro. I, like my my moves, the body move. You'll you gonna, say you'll be proud. <laughs> All you're gonna hear is get up, <laughs> get up, and then we'll wake you up. Like Jerry, get up. He only hit the you guy twice. Tells in the me all the time you can take me. I say you can take me to the movies or the <laughs> dinner. That's it, bro. That's it, bro. Bitch, you, you're a New York guy. Did you get a lot of uh, not assholes, but you got a lot of guys that challenge you when you used to go out back well, in the day? Because you, know, you, you, you'd be on the bar, you'd party back in the day. Like always a small guy. Uh huh. And you know they worked themselves around the ring, and then when they finally come up and when it gets bad, you just look them in the eye, say, "What do you really want to do? You want, you want to do something? You really want to do something?" And they never really went there. You're a smart guy, good looking, everything. Why are you friends with Jackie Martinling? That's a question everybody needs to know. Because Jackie he Martin. dropped your name, Jerry Cooney. He dropped your name so quick. We're yeah, just talking I love like that guy. Jerry Cooney. Jerry. Hi, I'm interviewing Jackie Martin, not Jerry Cooney. He dropped your name so quick. Wow, that's great. He's the greatest guy. He's how cool. one of the funniest guys in the world. I mean, really. He knows every single joke. He imagine. knows every joke in the world. If it's a dirty joke, he knows every he's a joke dirty man. joke. He's a joke man. You <laughs> show me. And you know, it's a it's a great. Great guy. Anytime I'm with him, he used to come to my golf tournaments. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's. Uh, I really feel bad. He, you know, lost the the, the, uh, the Stern gig. Stern gig. That was a great gig, and a lot of issues going on there. But yeah, he, he talked about it a lot. That was it's a weird spot. How do you guys know each other? Uh, well, my brother used to have a comedy club in Long Island. Okay. Called Cinnamons. Okay. And all those guys went through Eddie Murphy. Uh, Dangerfield. I know Dangerfield, yeah, but he didn't come through my brother's place. Oh, you, now you're just name dropping on us. No, no, no. So a lot of those guys, Bob Nelson, all those guys performed there. So uh, I got to know him from back then. Now nothing can. I'm a basketball. Fan. I love every sport. Nothing captivates. One minute. One minute. One minute. Yeah, hurry, we got to hurry up the show. He has a show on. Yeah. What? Are you serious? No, no, no. <laughs> this serious fucking joke. He, uh, you love that joke. <laughs> Boxing captivates an audience. When Pacquiao and Mayweather had finally terrible, fought, it was so bad. Yeah, it was horrible. It was so but, I'm saying, but boxing, no matter what, forget about a big UFC fight, a big boxing match. Everyone's hanging out for it. What can boxing do to draw that audience again? Because it's once a year shit. It's not working. Just have a good story, a good fight. Listen, I'm surprised that Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev didn't do much bigger. Great fight. Mm -hmm. You know, the light heavyweight <clears throat> division is phenomenal. Beterbiev, Joe Smith is involved from Long Island. Um, uh, who the welterweights? Errol Spence is fighting Kell Brook. I mean, you, it's phenomenal. That's what makes it for a great fight. And what happened was when tele, when, when when boxing left NBC, CBS, ABC, you know, ESPN, it lost a big audience. You lost your casual fan that would it put it, it on. It lost the kids. It lost it lost all the youth. So amateur boxing slowed up and messed mm -hmm. up there in America. Then Al Heyman brought it back. Can he keep it going? I don't know. But it has developed boxing. It's deep with talent. I, I love I love the game. I can't wait. You know, like we, we've already had two fights that probably could be fight of the year already in March. In March. I mean, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Now, during your whole ride and stuff, I know you're sober now, 29 years, right? You said I haven't had a drink. April 21st will be 29 years. It's incredible. It and addiction actually runs in my family and stuff. What made you say that? Shit, I have a drinking problem and I need to get help for it. Was there a moment? Um. Like, uh, yeah, like I lost the heavyweight championship <laughs> of the world. What are you talking about? I'm drinking a bottle of scotch a day, training for home. What? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's maybe a problem. And it still took me six years after that to come in. So why do you keep bringing up his name? I thought we weren't going to bring up his name anymore. <laughs> Favorite venue to fight in? At Madison Square Garden. Hands down. Yeah. Favorite Muhammad Ali? Favorite? Oh, well, I never fought there yet. I'm thinking about it. Keep thinking, bro. Well, when you fight 
Frankie, when you fight Frankie uh, in this. Frankie's a good guy. He don't want to fight me. He, you said you'll fight him for exhibition in June. I can't fight me now. You're not going to fight him, Frankie? We're going to bring Frankie over because Frankie knows everything about boxing. Favorite Muhammad Ali story? Because I know you were a big fan of Muhammad Ali. You said he was like the greatest, but you, you love Muhammad Ali. You know, there's so many great stories. You know, I, when I was 21, I was at a, a UN um, boxing convention. We sat right next to him, and we kind of hit it off together. And I had just bought a place in the Hamptons, you know, three-bedroom, four-bedroom house in the Hamptons, 21 years old. And I said, you know, Muhammad, sometime you got to come out to my house in the Hamptons. You know what he told me? He said, all right, I will. Call him. And I said, what am I going to do with all these people? They come out to my house. How am I going to take care of 30, 40 people? But I canceled. I canceled. You canceled the change. Yeah. You made a lot of ma- bad yeah, decisions listen, in your I, life, by I the love, way. I don't want to call me crazy. I loved Ali, Ali right? <clears throat> Ali, I didn't like what he did with Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier got him, paid for his license to get his license back, and he started calling Uncle Tom, a gorilla, all that stuff. Now, he was a promoter somewhat, but he had this, this, this angry, vicious side of him. And he was the greatest athlete We're all around. Personality, good looking, anchor fight. Yeah, so he, he sold himself all the time. All these fights, I mean, it's just been phenomenal. The Foreman fight was phenomenal. I mean, everyone thought he was going to get killed. Why did you take this fight for the guys going to kill you? He knew. Sir, I'm about to ask you a personal question. Your nails are shiny. Are you getting pedicures? A manicure? Are you getting a manicure? Make up your mind, bro. Wait, you get manicures? Because your nails are shining in my eyes, Jerk Goody. What do you want to see my toes? Maybe. We're gonna play that. No, do you get mad? Listen, I do. Why not? Because <laughs> you're a boxer. You're like the man's man. You can't be getting manicures. Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> Dream fight that you never fought. Like if you could have fought one person in history, regardless. I, like to, I don't know why this didn't happen. I wish I fought Holmes again. It was a great fight. Mm-hmm. I wish I got. I don't know why that didn't happen. That was a better second fight than the first one. Didn't happen for some reason. Is yeah. there a reason why? Was it the whole Don you know, King I thing? Don't or no? I don't even know what happened. And what the reason was back then? I was like. Kind of buzzed out. You know now, <clears throat> after you beat Norton, if you would have fought Holmes within six months, you think it would have been a different outcome? Maybe if you trained differently? Because that's a 13 months of long yeah, layover. Like a, well, yeah, I'd like to see. I could get, would have knocked him out. But, you know, it's a lot of experience I needed. I needed more experience. He saw everything. I saw a lot, but I was knocking guys out in two or three rounds, one or two or three rounds. So I needed, I needed to go a distance a few more times. Was that the guys. longest fight you ever in? That Before yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. So... You know, so that was it was a lot of things. But you know, that being said, I made a lot of money, had a great night. It was a good fight, and uh, you were the cover Sports Illustrated. I was. Hell yeah, you are. I I have a lot of been. girlfriends. Let me ask you that next, because oh really? Growing up, I should have been a boxer, because like my physique. And you, you, when you walked in, you said you probably look like a boxer with your hands. Boxing girl, you guys get every chick, right? Boxers, because yeah, Frankie's over there. Frankie's a super heavyweight for where he works, and he gets his girlfriend is beyond beautiful. Boxers get a lot of chicks. No, it's you know, every athlete you know gets meets meets the girls. I mean, I wasn't on. an athlete. Every athlete you know is uh, is around the girls. I mean, you know, it was pretty 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 awesome back then. I wish that it wasn't. I wish I was more selective. You know, we always look back and say, well, I wish I would. I, I really loved probably three women in my life. Mm-hmm. So you had three. You, they say you get three great ones in your life. You had your three. Yeah. Yeah, my I have Kentucky basketball. I got the greatest um, one now. Oh, do, Smart. That's a good answer. That's true. My wife is 12 years younger than me. We got two great kids together, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't wait to go to bed with her tonight. It's a, you are a smooth man. You're dropping serious, so they give you more money. Talking about your beautiful wife. XM. Yes, serious XM radio. See, I was an XM guy, then I switched over. All your fights. I go on your Twitter. Your Twitter is insane. You got pictures with every Can I everyone. Go ahead. I don't follow any of that stuff. 
I don't do any of that. But you're on. You, you have pictures of Mayweather. You I never pictures. do that. So, oh, I, someone I, does it someone, for you? I guess. I guess my. Wait, that's not that's not you on Twitter. No, I mean that's my page, but yeah. I, don't, I don't really even look at it. I don't watch Facebook. I never did it all my life. So who's running your page? Who's putting the pictures no, up? My Josh. <clears throat> Josh your handlers from uh, Sirius XM. Uh, I got somebody. I I, uh, I go to a gym. I've been going to a gym every Tuesday, every Wednesday, called the Brawl House in Mountainside. You should come sometime. I'll teach you some good stuff. Well, you're looking at Frank. You're looking at me, or six to eight. To, I'm thinking we got we got to bulk this guy up a little bit. <laughs> 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 you know, I do a boxing program at the Pearl House, Mountainside, New Jersey, okay. off Route 22, and I teach teach boxing and I stay in shape myself, and uh, so I have a lot of fun. You still train around and mess around with the boxing I thing? Still spar. I still Every June, I do an exhibition at the W Hotel in Hoboken. I okay. find two guys from the community. right off Washington Street. That's a beautiful hotel. I train them all year. They raise money. They bring all their friends. Okay. And I whoop their ass. And you fight them? And I whoop their ass. Hold on, Frankie. No, no, no. Frank, come over here. Seriously, come over here. This is Frankie Iglesias, super heavyweight for the NYPD. Can you sing? Sit down, sit down. Can you? The professionalism as you sit down. So train about him. Talk to him right now, Frankie. Train with him, and why don't you fight him? He fights for he fights for charity and stuff. You're a charity guy. Get on. Definitely. Definitely. So challenge him, Frankie. Get up, be see, made up. See, he gets a little nervous when they put, they put the camera talk? in front of him. Listen. When you put that mic in front of him, he goes, I'm the Jerry Cooney, he was talking shit when he was showing he was bad jab. Frankie, get in here. Chari, uh, challenge Jerry Listen Cooney right him. now. Listen to me. I gotta teach Frankie how to fight a little bit. Okay? Definitely, definitely. I would definitely fight Mike anytime. No, you want to. <laughs> See, you know, you you have, you you get hit with right hands a lot, right? Yeah. Because you're leaning in. Yeah. You gotta stay back. Well, that's, the, that's actually, let them come, and then just counter punch. Yeah. Come back at your right hand, left hook. I can teach you all that. You come see me. That's what, Jerry, that's what I was telling him about, you know, he's hanging, you know, he's hanging the left a little low. I, I, I've been trying. I had to a teach guy, in my, in my, in my producer, Josh Freeman, who. Uh, Randy Gordon set him up to fight a girl who was fighting for six years. Listen, this guy never had a glove on, never had, never played any sports. <laughs> he said, I'm going to take it. If I, if I fight, I'll get a date. So I said, you better come to the gym here. I came to the gym here. He had no, no, no idea. They were going to set him up to get a beat. And I said, you can't fight that girl. You know what I mean? Wait, did he fight her? No. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So... He's a great guy. <clears throat> he shouldn't get in there with someone who's got any kind of experience. I know you keep rolling your eyes, but I, I know you don't believe me. I was never a boxer. Tell me the dark side of boxing. Tell me one dark thing about boxing. It's hard work. It's hard. You got, you well, we know it's hard work. I, I've, I've been training. Look at me. I've you been training for it. inside yourself. The dark side, it's, you, know, you, you, you stay celibate. You... You're alone in is the Is that woods, true, the celibate the stuff? Yeah, it is. How long How long you go? Before, before month, the Norton fight? A month. So you didn't do any sexual activity for one month for a Norton fight? No. Not on. And I don't know. You know, I don't think it's really that sexual part. I think what it is is that staying up late around smoking and people drinking, <laughs> that's the problem. You know, See, that that's what I said earlier on in the interview about the loneliness because you know, even though you cut men, they're not in the ring. They're not fighting. So you're doing your own shit. But you have got a family. It's a family. It's kind of like a yeah, family. You know I, mean? I, don't I had know. a great trainer all my life. I Great sparring. I had a couple of friends I grew up with who used to work for me. In fact, I was just with I had some of my high school friends I haven't seen, and I can't tell them they came to my house yesterday. We had a great, you know, uh, dinner and talked about the old days, you know, with the wives and the kids and all. That was great. I gotta tell you why I respect you. So Jackie Marlin gives me your phone number, so I throw you a text. <clears throat> I don't hear from you for 24 hours. I'm like, you know what, this Jerry Cooney guy, kind of an asshole. Then my phone rings. I say, <laughs> You got that? Jerry yeah, Cooney just punched me in the face. I love that. Jerry Cooney just punched. So then you call me, and the best line, I'm like, hey, I see you call. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, hey, what's up, Mike? Do I know you? 
I'm like, oh, no, 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 sir. I never met you. When do you want to do your show? Monday? 3.30, I'll be there. And that was it. Like, you locked it in. You set it up right away. That's a solid move. This is kind of like online dating. We texted twice. Now we meet in person. Well, I mean, I, I, my show is on Monday night. And I, <laughs> wasn't it on Friday nights for a little bit? And Friday nights. I have to do two nights. Now, night. when you go over there now, do you go see Opie? Yeah, probably. I'm the, I met Opie, this is funny, not that you give a shit, but like 14 years ago when they were on WNEW, Opie and Anthony, I used to go, I was like that creepy guy that used to wait outside the studio to meet them. I'm ups, I think it's the greatest radio show it's of all time. It's a great show. I, I think it's smooth. I wish I could be him. He sits back, has a couple of comedians in, so, they talk back and forth, and he just, oh, he just, he just like controls the, uh, he's the, the flow of the show. I, I say this, and this isn't even in jest, I know he's the greatest radio person ever because even when he was with Anthony. What an ass kisser. He's an ass kisser. I don't fucking know him. I ass kisser. I met him. <laughs> you punch me in the face, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm not blowing up. So Jerry Cooney's making the blowing sign. Like, I'm blowing up. Not blowing up. But he sits down. He brings the comedians in. He sits back. He'll throw out, like, um, yeah, a okay. segment and yeah. lets everyone else do the Let work. He's a genius. Let's him run. Yeah, I know. I, I like that. He's a genius I when he just. I had this conversation with him on the air. About what? About that? About that. When I come back, I want to be like him. When you come back from what? Whenever, oh, Jim, wherever. Please. Let me ask you this: a few more minutes with you because you're boring us. And no, <laughs> you're so fucking awesome. I'm, I'm stoked. I gotta tell you this: I called my grandfather. He's 92 years old. I called him up. I'm like, oh, you know, what I'm interviewing, Boop. and he never gives a shit. Jerry, Jerry, your name. When you say your name, everyone's like, holy shit. People get fucking excited still to hear about you. Listen. Is it? What, what, what is that? Is it? Do you think it's because you came up and you everyone like uh, kind of related to you, or what, what do you think it is with you? Listen, I was a, I was a steel construction worker. I was a, just a you know a regular guy. I mean, I used to have, have a great life. So you know, certain time it was uh, it was all good. You know, as you get old, you know, it goes away. But, you know, I didn't have helmets on, so it stayed a little bit longer with me than most of the football players and baseball players. Well, I was gonna ask you a lot of unfortunately a few boxers they do deal with this stuff. Why nothing ever happened to you? Like you you're smooth now. You're fine now. Are you just blessed, or you were? What do you mean? As far as well, you have no. You don't seem to have any problems, any speech problems. You don't. Have, you don't deal with any head issues, brain issues. You seem like. How do you know? Well, I'm looking at you now. No, you I look good. Know. You look really Listen, good. You know, years ago, I was <clears throat> told this story. Dr. Lisa Ravdin from NYU was on my board. I had uh, <clears> to <throat> help fighters get back to the mainstream of life, and so she had this um, where they could test you for a gene. If you had the gene, you were more prone to get, uh, you know, uh, dementia and boxing pugilist and all that. So I remember the day I'm sitting with her in, in, in her office and we're talking, she looks at me, she's right in the eye, she says, listen, can I uh, give you the test? And I looked her right in the eye, just like that, I said, no. <laughs> no. I don't want to know. You know what I mean? And, you know, so, you know, we Oh, so there might be something wrong with you then, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, a couple of questions. Coolest person, and I always ask this question, whoever comes on my show. You and I hanging out, <clears throat> you want to impress people. If people don't, aren't impressed with Jerry Cooney, who's the coolest person in your phone that you can text that would text you back? Um, Tracy Morgan. Is a yeah, that's, that's actually pretty good answer. How did you guys become friends? Because you sit courtside to Nick game? We met a couple of times. Uh, he invited me to a Yankee game and uh, brought me to, invited me to his house. This, this guy's got a house in his basement. His whole basement is a fish tank. Around. He's got five of the most poisonous fish in the world, right? Okay. And then he has a lobster. Not a lobster. He has a, an octopus. He feeds the <laughs> lobster once a week. 
And uh, it's more, it's more amazing. <laughs> and I, I still don't get the fact why five of the deadliest fish. I mean, you know, I, you know I, throw somebody in there. No, I only have two. I have two in my aquarium. Wait, that's a that's actually poles in your aquarium. I have five poles. I don't know. If you, <laughs> look at Jerry. <laughs> but but <laughs> anyway, he's the greatest guy, and, and you know he's so and he's such a bright guy. I mean, you know, to to be with him, he has this nice stick. He messes around, but really with him, he's very bright and articulated. And knows what's going on in his life all the time. He's a, he's hilarious, beyond yeah. hilarious. He's a big Nick fan too. Yeah. Next year, he knows he's a very big sports fan. He wants to come to the next fights with me, and then he wants to come on the show and break down the fight. Well, well Jerry Cooney, as I'm sitting across from you, want to do it on this sh- radio show? No, here's the option you have right now. Since I'm obsessed with radio, and I wish uh, that's my, I, I have two two regrets in my life. One was not joining the military. I always felt that when I was 18, I should join the military. And number two was I always felt I should have gone for a career in radio. Obviously, you can see how good I am at it. And I've always wanted to do it. So, Jerry Cooney, why are you looking over there? Fucking people. Fucking. Fucking Jerry Cooney. <laughs> what we're going to do is because I'm going to come to either a sporting event with you. You have to say okay because you're going to take me to a sporting event with you. <laughs> and then I'm gonna, I just want to come watch your show. I didn't want to be on your show. I want to watch one of your shows one night. Is that fair? Sure. sure. Uh, he looked zero confidence. Uh, in your all, sure your, all your fighting, did you ever collect any? Fucking <laughs> Jerry did you ever collect any memorabilia when you were fighting, or did you save anything that means a lot to you during the fight? I have a lot of stuff. I have all some Bali stuff, some Frazier stuff. I have, I got some things, but you know, I'm not really. You know, it's really funny. But when I was a kid, my son liked baseball. I never collect autographs. <laughs> I, ne- I didn't really believe it. Mm-hmm. I have all the five thousand club hitters. I got uh, three thousand Mickey Mantle, whatever it is. You know, all that stuff, and I have a, uh, a bunch of that stuff for my boy. I got a lot of basketballs for my son. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in that world a lot of places. Where I go different places and meeting these guys. And, uh, and most athletes are great. And so I got tons of stuff from my son. He doesn't even know who they are. <laughs> but my kid is a great kid. I got a kid that's going to Lehigh University his oh. first year. He's a great golfer and can box. And uh, he's got his mother's brains, thank God. Would you let your kid be a boxer or no? No, not really. My, him, he and my daughter can box very well. I taught them how to box. They can fight. Your brother was a boxer too, wasn't he? My oldest brother was a fighter, yeah. Okay. But you wouldn't let your kid box, right? No, I mean, I mean if they really had this love for it, then mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to, you know, their real love for it. I would say, you know, go and fight. Just get a good teacher. We'll get you the best teacher and train you the proper way, and then you go the best you can. But, you know, not really. It's a tough game. It's a very tough game. Jerry Cooney, even though you're 60 years old, you look 40, what does 60-year-old Jerry Cooney say to 18-year-old Jerry Cooney? Um, take care of yourself and work hard and pay attention because it's going to go like that. I remember I was 18 years old and the old guy, Wendell Newton, he's still around from the Virgin Islands. He was a big heavyweight, time heavyweight in his day. He said, Cooney, you're looking pretty good. You're fast. You got this going on. He says, don't stay out late. Watch out for the women. Don't be drinking. He said, it's going to go just like that. Flicked his finger and I looked at him in the eye and said, you kidding me? I'm 18 years old. And that was 42 years ago. So you listened to zero advice that guy gave you? Went fast. Zero? No, I, I, was, I, had a crazy, I had a crazy great life. I mean, I had a magical life. That, you, had a hell, you, know, you had a hell of a ride. I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've seen the world I've, a bunch of times. I've been with the greatest people. I've, I've met everybody I've ever wanted to meet. You know, it's, a, it's been crazy. And I still get to, to live. Yeah, because you're still in that circle. World. A lot of people, when they get out of the circle... That's out. You're still in the circle. I, not that I don't know how, because that would be we fucking. All, 
we all want to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And I have, I, you know, I, keep, I want to keep myself out there. And I enjoy people. I enjoy the atmosphere. I enjoy, you know, helping people. And so that's all connected. You do any charity work? I know, didn't you have the jab union? Did I read that online? No, no, no. A fist. We used to help fighters come come in and find out where their problems lie and help address them and then put them into training and get them jobs. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. Uh, we did it for many years. But, you know, so many events we had to have to keep ourselves afloat that I, I had asked the guys to come to all my events. Then I had to go to all their events. I was never home. And then, you know, the fighters, the, the, they don't... All they know is gimme, 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 gimme. And you know, you can give a man a fish, teach him for a day, right? But you teach him how to fish, you feed him for life. And that's, that's the deal that is very difficult for a fighter who's been raped and robbed from his management, his promoters, and his father, and his mother, and his family to try and get him to understand. Because it's scary because boxers have a short lifespan. Yeah. Like not life, I mean like a career span. Like right. you can be a boxer, you lose two fights in a row for whatever reason. Your career is kind of on the, the right. downside. Right. So it's scary. So if, if you devote yourself to be a professional boxer, again, Jerry, that's why I didn't go that route. I didn't want to get like sucker punched twice because no, be, no one can beat me straight up one-on-one, -on -one, obviously. But if I – Jerry, you keep looking away. But I, no, you, for real, you get a lot of these boxers who maybe take a – a lucky shot, whatever. Two losses in a row. Their career kind of can be that's over. It, it takes a lot to rebuild, and you know that's you know. Listen, Hopkins try. Hopkins was a phenomenon to stick around to 50 years, mm -hmm. 50 something years old. But you know, when you lose, you get another shot, but you have to perform. And the problem is that when you get the second shot, it's with a tougher guy, and you got to you know be successful. Would you just? We're going to wrap it up. You've been an awesome fucking guest. This is like an honor really to talk to you. I know we're joking around, but this is an absolute honor to talk to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Are you happy to be up with me? Now, <clears throat> we were texting each other, looking at me and my appearance. Am I better looking than you thought I was going to be? Yeah. <laughs> were you, last thing, for, last thing, were you uh, born in the wrong generation? Would you wish you were a boxer now or no? Nah, you know, I, I wish I would have had a little bit more information Back when I started, I was a very angry kid from uh, where I grew up. Mm -hmm. and uh, Long Island guy, right? Yeah, Long Island. And, and, and so I wish I would have had someone to grab me by the arm and say, listen, you got this opportunity. Let's take full advantage of it. Let's pay attention. I might tell the guys, tell you, listen, six years of your life, dedicate yourself, make your millions of dollars and get out. Do what you want. I didn't have any of that. I had two managers that couldn't stand each other. And... Uh, I was in the middle all the time. Had a Don King who wouldn't give me any fights. It was a nightmare. I'm not to be. Obviously, we just did like 40 minutes of radio of podcasting. No controversial stuff. Was Don King? Did he not want you because you're white, or because you didn't want him? Because he didn't want, not that he, <coughs> he wanted me to sign with him. And why didn't you? Then he would own me. And you know, I don't want to be owned. So I had to wait to become the mandatory challenger to run number one in the world, and then I had to wait another year before I got. Yeah, because you beat Norton, and when you beat Norton, you became number one. I was number one in the world. <clears throat> no, I wish I was number one. Do people still call you champ? I, I got you know what, Jerry Cooney, you have to start training me. I think I can get in the in the game now. How old are you? How old do I look, Jerry? Fifty. But Jerry fucking thirty-five, Jerry Cooney. I, am. I look good. I look good, and I'm all ripped up. Super but, heavyweight. You know, <laughs> you, you, you haven't made it to television, so let's be honest. No, look at my face. Who's gonna want to see me? I'm an ugly fucking guy. No, that's what I'm saying. So my team loses, I cry. This is like the first time I smiled in a few days. Jerry Cooney, JP, can you do me one favor or no? You can say no. No. He's not going to sue you or anything. He's a police officer. Will you punch him in the arm? One jab. 
Please no, for me. Really? What, can I tell you why? And he asked me, is it just like lawsuit thing? No. It's just oh, no. JP, come on. Come on, no, JP. No. Seriously, JP, don't. No, don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not gonna do no, no, you have to. JP, don't make the podcast sound uncomfortable. Just come over here and just take one hit in the arm. He's not even listening to you. Is he? Come on, come here, come here, come here. No, he doesn't want to do it. Frankie, come on. Someone has to take. Someone take one hit. Oh. You'll take. Come on, come on, come here. He's no, going to come around. The greatest bartender in Jack Dempsey's history is going to get. Jerry, just you one. You got to understand. Jerry. There's no television, radio. Jerry, it's a podcast, and I'm going to give play-by-play. No, no, no. Just come right over. No, no, don't worry. Jerry, Jerry, it's one hit. We're going to finish the show. It's called working, something you don't know about. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, I'm working my ass up right now, Jerry Cooney. All right, Jerry Jerry Cooney's going to tap you in the arm one time, okay? No, I'm not. All right, one one time. Take it. I'm not going to do it. Take it. Go. Jerry Cooney, one time. Jerry Cooney, punch somebody. Man up. No, no. You're really not going to? No. All right. Let's end the show. Jerry Cooney. Great job. Thank you. Well, had a lot of fun. Well, and give the plug for your show. We actually have a lot of people listening to me. Sirius XM, <clears throat> channel 93 Rush, every Monday, every Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. We've got a great show. Myself and Randy Gordon, the former commissioner and um, editor of Ring Magazine. And we highlight boxing. And uh, we have celebrities on. We have actors on. We have athletes on. We have... A lot of fighters on, and uh, we talk about the game thoroughly, the fight game, and how great it is. And check it out sometime; you'll love it. Well, I've listened before. After I heard you on Opie, I listened to it right away. And I'm, this is the truth. This I know we joked around a lot. To have you on, absolute honor. When I was little, like you hear boxing names, Ali, Frazier, Tyson, you hear them. I've heard your name growing up, and it was weird when Jackie Martin said, "Oh, I know Jerry Cooney. He'll come on." I'm like, like, holy shit! I've heard, heard the name in a while since. Op- well, besides the show. And I remember I told my dad, my cousin, and every single person, everyone at work who were boxing fans, I said, Jerry Cooney, they wrote back, holy shit, what time, like, your oh, name nice. still Very resonates nice. with boxing nice. enthusiasts, and it's an absolute fucking pleasure to have Good you on, thing. man. It's great to be here with you guys, too. Thank you, I'm Jerry. i talk to you again. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Jerry Cooney's going to go big time now. He's going to beat up my friend Frankie, and that's about it. Hey, a star! <laughs> he made me a star! <laughs> Jerry Cooney, absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Nice to see you, Sam. Good. <laughs>